You're listening to Rooted and Overflowing. Welcome to the show. If you're a podcaster or you've been thinking about starting a podcast, head over to impactpodcastcoach.com. There you will learn how the Christian Women Podcasters Network can help you get started and grow. That's impactpodcastcoach.com. In today's episode, I am honored to have talked with author, minister, and unapologetic daughter of God, Marilyn Johnson. Be sure to have your journal ready to take notes as Marilyn talks with us about walking in freedom and wholeness. Marilyn has two impactful resources that are out right now. One is entitled At the Well, a four-day devotional for deep encounters with Christ. It's available on the YouVersion app. The second is an ebook entitled Beauty for Ashes, Prayers for Inner Healing and Strength. This resource is packed with in-depth prayers that serve as a framework to lead readers into wholeness and breakthrough. These resources and more are available at MarilynJAuthor.com. The link is in the episode description. And now, listen in on this impactful conversation with Marilyn Johnson. Marilyn, welcome to Rooted and Overflowing. Thank you for having me here. When I first heard about the devotional that you have on version, that was my introduction to what you do. And um, I am so thrilled to be able to talk with you about this important topic of inner healing. I, again, I am so excited and feel honored and privileged to be able to um, be invited onto this platform to share with your audience. And the honor is mine. I know that you are doing great ministry work on inner healing. I would love for you to set the stage for us to give us an introduction on inner healing. What is inner healing? So what is inner healing? My definition in a nutshell of what inner healing is, it's for the wounds that are within us, wounds that might be on the mind, in the heart, in the soul or in the spirit, the wounds that aren't able to be seen, but that doesn't mean that just because they're not seen with the naked eye, it doesn't mean that they're not present, that it's not a wound, an injury or a pain that is not hurting you, impacting you or, or affecting you. So where the inner healing comes in now, it's, it's about as a child of God, understanding where you are internally because of any negative experiences in your life and you're seeing them from God's, God's lens and from the way that he sees you and how his intervention can directly help you. Now, God's lens is important is because inner healing comes from him. When we look at Psalms 147 verse 3, it says he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. So because God has the greatest level of insight and knowledge about you, when we're journeying with God in healing, um, it will be something that is coming directly from your source. So that's why inner healing is different to 
um, counselling or things that are coming from a professional viewpoint or perspective. It's inner healing is very much spiritual. Uh, it's a spiritual journey. It's a supernatural journey because it's God's direct intervention in your life as it pertains to your woundedness. We hear a lot about trauma. I would like to know how you became interested in the woundedness that we carry. It started with my own personal journey of inner healing. Just to give you a little bit more background about myself, I'm a church baby. I grew up in church. I was in church week in, week out without fail. And this was like back in the day when church was hours and hours long. So the particular church that I went to was similar to uh, the Seventh-day Adventist church, but it wasn't, it wasn't particularly that church, but it was a church that had services on a Saturday. So it was like for the whole day. Um, so I grew up in that Christian environment. Although my mother was a Christian, my father was not a Christian. So I, I had learned about Jesus. I had learned about the miracles that Jesus could do. I had heard the testimonies of how God can heal you, but I only attributed this to physical healing. So when someone is sick or, um, yeah, they might be injured or what have you, and God brings them through that physical experience of healing, whether through the doctors, uh, using the hands of the doctors or supernatural. I never knew that God cared about how you felt on the inside. Wow. I, I was very, very ignorant. So when God initiated a work within me mm-hmm. that pointed to woundedness that I had had from childhood, I was quite perplexed um, when he was telling me he was going to heal me because as far as I was concerned, I wasn't sick. I was physically well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how, that's my level, that was my level of understanding at the time. Yes. But then he slowly began to reveal to me um, just the layers of my life. And I then realized that, oh, I do have some quite, deep woundedness that I haven't addressed and that is still a part of my life Mm -hmm. Um, and so journeying through the two categories that I was able to see that our woundedness kind of falls into is sinful actions towards us Mm -hmm. or inactions towards us now when someone has done um something to you that you know is is wrong you know it's hurt you mm-hmm. those wounds are quite easy to identify because there's a memory um attached to it however when you're trying to identify the inactions the things that you didn't get that you were meant to get that can take longer to come to that place of realization because you're trying to piece together all of the puzzle, the puzzle pieces that show that void. 
And because you've kind of, God has made us as human beings to be quite resilient and you've just kind of gone through. And I found that myself, I was just going through various different stages, not realizing that there were major things that should have been happening in my life that that didn't happen. So that's, to me, that's where the trauma comes in. When something sinful has happened to you or when something hasn't happened for you, which I think is also sinful because it's missed the mark. It should have happened. But we live in a fallen world, you see, and we're not immune to the effects of sin and the brokenness in this world, even as church babies, even as children of God. Uh But I believe that those things although they're not God's will for them to happen to us, those things point us to the arms of our loving father and show us the need for him in our lives all the more. Yes. Because not only is he the remedy for our, our our souls, our sin sick souls, our souls that have been affected by sin. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the model for relationships. He is the model for um, just how we should be and how we should interact. And he never misses the mark with us. And so, yeah, it was, it wasn't an experience, I would say, that opened my eyes to trauma that I didn't know that I, that I had. I can imagine that when we have been disappointedly or actively traumatized by something that's done to us, We don't know what to do with that. And I hear you saying that because we don't know what to do with that, it's just left to just be there and fester and come along with us. What does that look like and how can we begin to recover from that? Yes. I mean, that is such, it's, it's such a huge question because it's something that this type of ministry is so important. Because you just see where when people haven't done that inner work with Christ, where they're hindered, where they're not flourishing in certain areas of their life, where they could potentially flourish mm-hmm. and where it's almost like they're kept in a, either in a cycle or just bound in an area because of, of a, a, unexplored hurt or unprocessed hurt and and the enemy loves that so he'll continue to feed into the lies and and all sorts of things that he does to to keep women banned and because I'm privileged to serve alongside my husband in eldership and um, our local church so we you know we come into a contact with a lot of different women who are battling and facing these challenges. So it just shows us that this is not something that the church is immune from. Uh, The church is a hospital in the end of the day for the wounded. So we should expect to receive the wounded, but we should also be equipped to know how to minister to the needs of the the wounded. And so now when you um, talked about how the traumas that the kind of impact that it can have um just using myself as an example really because it was my own journey that sort of springboarded me <laughs> to have ministry that I have to women so 
there were um just going also back to the two um areas that I shared about actions and inaction so I suffered in my daughter identity I grew up not really knowing who I was and that was because of the dynamics of the relationship with my parents so my parents had that Caribbean culture that we were growing up in the UK but there was a lot of things there's a lot of good things about that culture in parenting children but there are a lot of things that are can be barriers and hindrances especially in the 80s and 90s when I was growing up Mm -hmm. and bringing up a young woman just um in a different culture so the Caribbean culture is quite tough love Mm -hmm. Um, and I think generally what I'm realizing that I think that's quite similar for a lot of black parenting (laughs) (laughs) a lot of tough love yeah and I I just didn't really experience that kind of relationship, that affection, that affirmation. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the relationship with my mum, there was an emotional disconnection between myself and, and I. So my practical needs were being met. I was fed. I was clothed. I had a roof over my head. But my emotional needs were not being met. So whilst that was playing out, I was becoming very insecure as a person, very, very insecure. Um, And it sort of manifested itself as I grew older, less so when I was a child, when I entered into my teens and um, into my early 20s, I was insecure. I was always wondering how I was being received or perceived as a person. And then on the other hand, the the relationship with my father sort of depleted my sense of self-worth because my father would walk out on the family when I was about 16 would be the first time that he he just left. So then although he wasn't saying to me that you're not good enough for me to be here, that's what was being communicated to my spirit because... I wasn't loved enough or worthy enough for you to stay. And so I was carrying around a broken, a totally broken, shattered heart from my relationship with my father. I was carrying insecurities and resentment um, towards my mum, the fact that we didn't have a relationship, the fact that certain things that you see mothers and daughters do that we just didn't do. And I I was, before God touched that area and spoke to me and said, you need to, I want to start dealing with this. Yes. I just had anger, yes. anger that this relationship didn't happen, but I didn't present as an angry person. I was, right. people would know me as, you know, Marilyn with the smile and the calming voice. But anytime my mum was around, I would just be irritated yeah, I would be irritated when she spoke to me and she might be saying simple things to me. Mm-hmm. It would just irritate me. But I didn't know why that that was the case, because I've always been like that with yes. her. But yes. until I realized, actually, until God opened my eyes and spoke to me, revealed to me, this is resentment because you never had any relationship with her. Wow. And then that was the beginning of the exploration now 
with God when being confronted with that Uh and him showing me the connections of how that had impacted and affected me as a woman growing into womanhood, understanding myself and also his hand of redemption towards me to do that inner work of healing that only he could do, that only he could touch. Because when I think about God, he made me, he made my mum. Yes. He knew all of the circumstances before I even touched down on this planet. Yes. So the amount of knowledge and wisdom that he had and he knew exactly what to do to not only bring that inner healing to my woundedness, but to also repair and bring reconciliation between the relationship between my mother and I, that's only something that God could do. Yes. And so um, it's important, just drawing this question down to a close, it's just important that um, we come to understand that there is an effect and there is an impact, but we have to move forward once we come to that knowledge Mm -hmm. to say, do you know what, God, I see what you're showing me now and I want to journey through this with you. Oh, that is so powerful. And Marilyn, how do we journey through it with God? What does that look like for us? Right. So as I was journeying through my seven-year process, which which I, I call it that birth this ministry, but it's still ongoing. God is always showing me things. Oh, yes. <laughs> within me and healing. I noticed that there was this spirit initiated cycle that was just occurring over and over as God was addressing different areas within my life that he was healing. And I, I dubbed this the, the inner healing cycle. And so in the inner healing cycle, there are five stages to it. And I'll go through the stages and I'll briefly just summarize uh, what each one is. So the first stage of the cycle is revealing. So when God is revealing to you, he's showing you something about yourself in a new way that positions you to heal. So sometimes you know things about yourself, but you're you're not actually positioned to heal from it. But the revelation that God gives is transformative revelation because it's going to start you on a healing journey. So that's what I would say the first first stage um, rather of the inner healing cycle is. Then after revealing, there's feeling. Because once you're confronted with something in a way that you've never seen it before, you're going to feel something in a, in a way that you've never felt it before about that situation. But that is necessary um, to do that because our emotions help us to make relevant connections to the event of the past. And it strengthens us through understanding 
And then that leads nicely onto the next stage of the inner healing cycle, which is releasing. And this is where, this is the difference between women that progress in healing and women that stay stagnant in healing. Because being in that church leadership, there are women that get stuck, that they know that something needs healing and they're Mm -hmm. feeling everything about it, but Mm -hmm. there's no progress. To make progress to heal, you have to release everything over to God. Yes. And just give him, give him everything in a, in its entirety and in its totality. And when I say everything, everything that you know about it, mm-hmm. everything that is impacting and affecting you and that you're saying to him, you're surrendering to him and saying, God, I don't know this. This, this is too much for me, yes. but I'm leaving it in your hands. And why it's so hard sometimes to move on between feeling and releasing is because there are times when our emotions can almost at a time feel bigger than God because of how overwhelming um, things can be, especially when we're talking about pain of, of the past that has now been unearthed, uncovered. So it's almost like you're in the moment of of it now when really it's something that you're mourning about or hurting about that happened maybe years ago and so the release releases you of the responsibility to deal with it and it it puts your faith and your trust in God that he's able and and that he will do what he needs to do in your life and then the next stage of it is correcting now this is a good part of healing and that's basically when you begin to see and feel God's hand on your life, bring in that healing. So for me, as I spoke about the relationship that um, needed to be repaired and restored with my mother, before that even happened, my security was restored to me so that I could walk tall. I knew who I was. Yeah, I knew that I was loved. I knew that I was somebody, yes. you know, that was God that did that, that um, repairing the relationship also added to that. But God began that before the actual physical yes. repairing of the relationship between my mother and I happened. Mm-hmm. And then you see here, God restoring, God giving you back parts and pieces of yourself that you didn't even remember that you had. You'll be like, oh, I remember that I was a creative. Oh, I remember that, you know, oh I had this element of me when I was seven years old and somewhere, somehow, some trauma stamped that out. Yes. And restoring is just about everything that God designed for you and how he made you and all of the time and the care that he took when he was thinking about who you were going to be on this earth, it's about that coming back to you. Because in the end of the day, when you think about, you know, just in the natural sense, these um, people, whether it's people making electrical things or artists or whatever they make, the, the care that goes into it, um, for them to make something and for it to be broken, how must that 
creator feel? And, and how much more valuable and how much more worth do we have than these things that really, you know, when we're broken, we just toss them out. And um, God is is thinking about looking at you as his handiwork and seeing that you're broken or disabled. How much is his heart just aching, just reaching out to you to make you the beautiful woman inside on the inside he desired but always desired for you to be and so that's what it is where you just radiate that health and that strength from the inside the scripture that speaks to this inner work that God does within us is Ephesians 3 16 which reads I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. And this is why I say that an experience of healing with God is unrivaled and unmatched. Because when he's working on your inner being, when he's healing you, when he's restoring you, He's doing that out of the abundance of his glorious riches. Now, if you can find something for me on earth that could uh, do the same, please let me know. But I'm telling you that there is an abundance that God gives to you. when he is healing you, that makes you radiate and shine as his daughter and makes you just reflect uh, his glory. Uh Uh I hope I've answered the question there. (laughs) You most certainly did. And Marilyn, as I hear you talk, it, it just brings to my mind, we're missing it. What is causing us to miss it? And what can we do to put ourselves in position to begin receiving that that healing and that involvement and that intervention from God? Do you know what? It's several things, Letitia. The first thing that I think we need to understand more as a church is that this ministry is a ministry that Jesus operated in when he was on earth. This ministry is one of the legacies of Jesus. When we think about when Jesus was on earth and all of the good things that he did, and when he was encountering people, he also dealt with the inside. The woman at the well, for example, she didn't need physical healing. She needed inner healing she needed to know that the cycles that she was in was unhealthy and so Jesus he went to the inside he went to the root of what was going on and just um looking at the contrast of where I was before to where I am now so when I was in the church that was worshiping on the Saturday and just um, the nature of the church that I was in, although I got a 
that's where I got my foundation in Christianity. That's where I got saved. But the church was had a lot of traditions and legalisms. So when there's that going on, that's a barrier that can hinder people being transparent and people being open because actually there's traditions that are placed above the person because just as, again, going back to the legacy of Jesus, when Jesus was doing the things that he was doing on earth, he was very person-centered. He was the kingdom of God, but when he came to minister, he was person-centered. But the Pharisees didn't like that. Why are you doing that? You know, it's the Sabbath and don't you know this and that because they were used to the way that things always were. So when things were different now, how do you handle that? And I think that kind of ministry is different. Where I am now, um, you know, it's it's totally different to where to where I grew up and where I spent, you know, the majority of my latter years. There's just a lot more openness, a lot more transparency, transparency and a lot more safety in that. So people don't feel judged or condemned if they're going to reveal something um, personal or sensitive about their life. And then because that door is been open and those walls are not there, that then invites the church in to be the hospital to the individuals that need that healing. And I just think it's also understanding because when I was in my first church, God began that healing process within me, but nobody had the vocabulary and for the wording for what I was going through. So I didn't even actually know what I was going through until I came across somebody's vlog and they mentioned the word inner healing. And it was a light bulb moment, like, that's what I'm going through. But when I um, went, moved over to the church that I'm a part of now, and I was explaining what I was going through, people had the vocabulary, they had the knowledge, they had the tools, they knew how to pray with me, they knew how to minister to me, they could hear God for me as well. And that's what really ex- accelerated my healing process rather than somebody praying in a very um, general way you need insight because when when you're dealing with the inside you have what the person knows or what the person can understand but there's something that there's a there's a a propping there's a soothing that comes when somebody can release a bit of god to you that is not just coming from you that really touches on and ministers to the soul. And that's what I experienced um, in the church that I'm a part of now. Um, And that made a major difference. So I I, I suppose what I'm saying is your environment matters. (laughs) Who you're surrounded by matters. Yes. And you mentioned safe spaces. There can be such a divide between what the Lord has said and the standard that he has set and what we grapple with. And sometimes we can 
focus so much on what the Lord has said, but we need these safe spaces in order to process through our experiences. And those safe spaces are so important. What can, what are some things that churches can do or do more of in order to be equipped to minister to the needs of people, those inner needs? Yeah, I think on a, on a basic level, especially as church leadership, church leadership, ministry leads, you have to do that work yourself. It has to begin with you. Because that's what makes it really organic and that's what makes it flow. Because even the Bible says that you can comfort people with the comfort that you have received. If you haven't received that comfort for yourself, then how can you comfort others in their time of need? You need to have had that experience of that godly comfort for areas, those needs, as you said, of your your own life. And um, I believe it's creating a culture. You have to create a culture in your church where people feel like they can go to someone. They can go to the pastor or they can go to somebody in leadership or they can be accountable to someone. I mean, don't get me wrong. There will always be people in church that there's the resources there and they just still don't want to take use make advantage of it or take use of it but there needs to be something that people can see that that they can go to and that they can receive the help and if if we're as a church we don't know how to provide that help then we need to go and find it out um we need to go and find it out and I think, as you said, um, Letitia, it's something that the church are beginning to understand more. So maybe there's not that many establishments or things out there that are so, you know, well established that, yes, this is where I can go to to find out about it. Um, but I think that's something that maybe as a church, as a body, of believers that we need to look at more because so many people they're going to outside sources or they're going to something that's totally wrong when the church already has the answer you know it said before Jesus died on the cross what he was wounded for what he was bruised for and you know how this was to set us free so we have to understand the the authority that we have in Jesus, understand um, woundedness that, that can occur in people's lives and just be, be those shepherds, be those doctors, those caregivers that can administer God to the wounded. The church does have the answer. And when I think and look at inner healing and how now people are becoming more comfortable in church spaces in talking about therapy. When I look at the two, I'm, I think there's a place for both. I felt I was going through Maryland this process where I just felt like the Lord was just knocking down walls. And some of the things that you're mentioning are things that I wouldn't have called it inner healing back then, but I know 
that the Lord was working on some things. You know, I went through this process of taking things personally, and the Lord has has just worked on that. You know, and I know that I've become stronger. It's a forever journey, but there certainly is a difference that we can experience when we let God, when we open up ourselves and let God do the work. Definitely. I mean, if from my personal viewpoint, I don't think that the church really understands how much power there is in the inner healing that comes from God. <laughs> I don't think they understand that yet. Because in a moment, I mean, there are times where God takes us through processes. He takes us through the valley to restore our souls. But there's times when I personally have experienced an instant shift that could only be from God, that could only be from his voice, that could only be from his spirit saying, okay, that's gone. You talked earlier about the lies that the enemy just just bombards us with. What can we do to not hear the lies so much, but start hearing what God has to say? Right. So I think it's important to understand that in the healing journey will be, in a sense, warfare. It's warfare for you becoming you, the unhindered, unrestricted you. As I mentioned earlier, the enemy does not want you to know who you are. The enemy doesn't want you healed because when you're a healed woman of God, you're a very dangerous woman of God to the kingdom of darkness. Very, very deadly. And so it's understanding that, that you need that backup. Again, it comes back to the community of faith that you need to be in to heal people that can war on your behalf. When those lies come up, when the enemy tries to throw things in your way to discourage you, to make you feel like your life was the worst life possible to ever have happened and God abandoned you and he didn't care about you. These are the kind of things that he's going to to say. But then we go again to the word of God, which is the offensive weapon that counteracts those lies that says, actually, I've read in Genesis that God is El Roy, the God that sees. So he's seen my whole and complete life and he's always been in complete control. And it's just once we digest that word of God, it will be the truth that will counteract those lies of, of the enemy as well. And just one of the things that the enemy does as well is he tries to silence you. He uses shame. Um, he uses guilt, disgrace to try and silence you so that you won't then, you know, lean into the strength of your community. But he's a liar. Um, I mean, he even did this just being very transparent. There was an issue that I was facing and confronting and the lie that the enemy told me to not allow more people into it was that, oh, you don't want to always tell them negative things and about yourself because I like the enemy knew that I had to go through this deep healing process and process a lot of things and talk about a lot of things so it's like he planted this in my mind to say oh you don't want to tell them another thing that you're going through and so that he used that to silence me but then it was when I said well it wasn't really me it was the Lord that instructed me that I needed to be accountable to my 
to the lead elder of my church, my pastor. And he was like, Marilyn, I've never heard you speak negatively. <laughs> I this is just this is just a deceitful, very crafty, deceitful lie of the enemy. Like you've never, you're never per- a person to be speaking negatively and bringing, you know, a, a sad story every week. You're not like that at all. And I was just like, wow, look at that. A very subtle lie crept in to stop me from getting my healing and, and getting my breakthrough. So we have to be aware of that. That's why it's so important that we understand that we are our brother's keeper and we do have each other's backs as we're journeying through um, our healing processes. And, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about what can we do to become comfortable with being whole? In my experience, this inner work becomes addictive. Becomes addictive, not that you're looking for it, but because you know how you're going to stand tall. That reminds me that um, after the correcting phase of the healing cycle is when you're just actually healed, actually just healed from that thing and it doesn't affect you anymore and it's like it never happened. You, you're walking in that in your life as if it never happened. It's like because that transformation, almost like when that butterfly emerges from that cocoon and everybody's seeing the beauty, the colors of the wings. That's what's going to, that's what's going to be happening to you. And sis, you're going to be feeling comfortable because you're going to be radiating and shining. New doors and new levels are going to be unlocked to you. Your gift is going to be very evident and making room for you. And you'll be living life at an elevated plane. Now, if you don't want to do that, and if you're not comfortable with that, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> if you want to stay down, then that's absolutely fine. But I encourage you, there's levels to how you can live this life. And Jesus has promised us abundance, to live the abundant life. And once you get a taste of that, you don't want to go back. Yes, yes, because I can definitely see that there is a difference. We talk about how because we're people, because we're made of flesh, we never get to that point where we just arrive and don't need God. It's like that's certainly not the end of this. But what I am starting to really realize is that there certainly is a level of authority that we should be walking in. There's a level of just assuredness that God is with us and that we can do his work in this earth and we can be who he has created us to be. There's certainly a difference, I think, um, between the two. But I'm glad to hear you speak to that um, to help us know that there is a difference. I think a lot about women in ministry. I think sometimes we can see it on our sisters' faces. We're ministering and we're not healed on the inside. I would love to hear um, a discourse from you about women in ministry and how we can put ourselves on a path of inner healing so that we can be ready and equipped and prepared to help others heal. Definitely. I mean, the the one piece of advice that I could give is just to leave that door 
of your life open to God. Just leave it continuously open that, you know, Lord, what I don't know about myself, what whatever may be hindering me or whatever may be standing in my way of me having more of you in my life, of me being more effective as a minister, then, you know, Lord, I give it to you. And he doesn't give it to you all in one day. You know, <laughs> he will show you things in his divine and appointed timing when he knows that you're ready to receive it. But once you leave that door open, then you'll just see that continual transformation in your life. You'll go from glory to glory um, in your walk with the Lord. And in just in that authenticity um, that you carry, when you've allowed God to heal you, the authenticity that you will have, will it in itself be a ministry to others that can see this sister knows the Lord. This sister has walked with God. When this sister speaks, I, you know, it speaks to my spirit because it's coming from that place of you've allowed the hand of God to work on you. And so it just makes everything just that much more effective. So if that's not a motivation for your ministry, I mean, I don't know what would be really, because we all, those that are in ministries, we want our ministries to be effective. We've sacrificed, we've labored. And then because really the ministry is us, it's not the website, it's not the podcast, it's not the book. We are the ministry. And so therefore we need to make sure that the vessel is in good condition. And one of the ways that we ensure that is through allowing God's hand to continually shape us and mold us and refine us and discard the things that do not belong in our lives. Amen. Inner healing as it relates to deliverance. We know that deliverance was a part of Jesus's ministry as well. I'd love to hear you speak to us about how inner healing and deliverance, how they work together. Absolutely. So inner healing and deliverance are very closely linked. So as I've explained, inner healing deals with like the woundedness and the traumas, um, whereas deliverance looks at um, just ensuring that any way that the enemy has taken advantage of that woundedness by um, causing you to think certain ways or there's certain operations in your life that come from him um, and his agents and just the, the work of darkness um, because he wants to keep us bound. And so the deliverance now comes when all of those connections are broken. And when there's anything that is not of God, not just the effects, that the human effects of being wounded are, are gone and they no longer have a hold on your life because there's a spiritual, there's spiritual implication to our woundedness. That's why you can't really talk about one without the other because a lot of our woundedness happens in the family and then 
there's a lot of spiritual things that are connected with the family because you're thinking about generation and generational things that sometimes the enemy has a foothold there because the lordship of Jesus might not be completely over something within your family line because there might not have been repentance for something. And so that's why, you know, God's light shines on the the woundedness um, of a situation of your life, but also he also shines a light on the enemy's workings and the enemy's operation. But it's important to not overemphasize on either one. I think that there needs to be a healthy balance. And when we're when we're being led by the spirit, and again in that community, <laughs> which is so vital, and and the discernment to know, actually there might be a situation where I'm ministering to someone and because of just how broken that person feels, I don't need to cast out anything. I just need to give that person a big, big, big hug and let them get their loved. But there, there is a time where you can see that the enemy has got in and he's taken advantage and there's something that needs to be broken so that that person can then receive the healing Um that that God wants. I an analogy that I use just very quickly is that if you have a house and if you see your um you, when there's a woundedness, say if there was a wall that was broken and the the broken wall is the wound, but then because that wound is broken, mice and rats have come in. That's the deliverance that's needed. So we don't just patch up the wound and leave the mice in. We make sure that the mice have got. And then we patch up the wall. So that's kind of the the uh, relatability between inner healing and deliverance. Yes, yes. So, so powerful. Marilyn, you have shared so much that is so powerful. I would love to have you share about At The Well. Right. I love telling this story because it's... It, God just continues to amaze me that this girl, East London, is just doing the things that she's doing. So, um, you know, just as explained, just the whole background of, of things that occurred in my life, needing inner healing, finding a healthy church that could help me and minister to me. So, in the midst of this ministry, I received a word, a prophetic word that said, Marilyn, you're like the woman at the well. And oftentimes when God speaks, he's speaking into our future and we need to catch up with where he's at. So I didn't understand that at all. <laughs> um, so I received instruction from the Lord to write a book about my whole journey of healing, which I am still in the process of writing. And um, in the first draft of the book, which I thought was finished, but it, it turned out to not be finished because I'm still in the third year of writing it now. Um, my pastor at the time, he wrote the foreword and he then said, this is like the woman at the well. And I was like, I've heard this before. But then I realized 
that it was an aha moment. I realized what it was that when the Samaritan woman met Jesus at the well, he had insight into her life that led to her transformation and led to her telling others. So there was a parallel there that Jesus had insight into my life, transformed me, and then I'm going on to tell others through the ministry, through the book. So that's how the ministry at the well was born, because through that process of writing, God was like, okay, you now need more than just it being compacted into a book. You need a ministry where you can share more on your knowledge of inner healing. So that that's how it started. And, and so it's still re- relatively new. I would say that At The Well is a toddler now. Um, she's growing, like she's walking, she's learning and to do things. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a ministry. It's a very delicate, ministry um, that God has entrusted me and the team because I now have two other ladies that help uh, help in the work that that is done there uh, but it's a ministry that is it's got a vision seeing women healed to impact their families communities and nations because the Samaritan it wasn't just about her she impacted her community and when you're healed you impact your family, you impact those closest around you first, you impact your community, and then you can go on to impact the nations. That is awesome. And you do have a devotional um, that was recently released on version. Can you tell us about that? Yes, 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 yes. I was so excited. I'm still so excited about it. But the devotion that I've written is called At The Well, a four-day devotional for deep encounters with Christ. And it basically takes the reader on that journey that the Samaritan woman uh, went on when she met and conversed with Jesus. So it puts you in her shoes with some of the things that Jesus did and said, and it helps you to have a similar encounter um, with the Lord and just to open yourself to encountering him because God is a God that still encounters us today. Um, alongside that, I've got a new ebook. It's a very short book that I wrote over summer and it's entitled Prayers for Women That Release Inner Health and Strength. And some of the, um, some of the topics that we, we spoke on about how can we begin that journey? The book has got six prayers that go in depth because sometimes I find that you need the right vocabulary to pray that releases God's healing ministry to you. So that's what the prayers do. And there's six prayers that you can read over, pray, meditate on, reflect on, journal journal on that will reveal an area that God desires to work on you. And so that book will be released very soon. It'll be available to purchase from my website and I'm sure the link will be available as well. So that's something I'm really excited about too. Yes, I will certainly have the link available in the show notes. Marilyn, before we close, I'd love for you to give us just a snapshot of your family. Okay, so I was born in London. I live just outside of London now. I'm married to my wonderful husband, Marvin. We've been married for 11 years. We have three children. 
we have our eldest son, Joshua, who's 17. We have Isaac, who's 10, and Anaya, who is six. By day, I'm a primary school teacher. I teach um, seven and eight-year-olds. That's my day job. But I'm also in ministry um, because my uh, my husband is an elder in the church. So I just have a desire just to see women in, in victory, just living in the victory that there is in Christ. I, I love sisterhood. I love meeting up with my friends, talking, eating nice food. Yes. Just having that just real good fun and authenticity, you know, as as women. Just that that is me in, in a nutshell. Fantastic. Well, I enjoyed our conversation. I wow. your your website is absolutely a wonderful resource-filled destination. And when you talked about getting together with friends, I can see that. <laughs> this has been a pleasure. And I pray that women all over the world will continue to be blessed and helped through your ministry, your very powerful ministry of inner healing. Thank you so much for listening to the Lord and for doing what he is calling you to do. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Rooted and Overflowing. To hear back episodes and learn more about the podcast, visit rootedandoverflowing.com. Resources are available and they are designed to equip you and enhance your walk with Jesus Christ. When you rate and review the show, it helps me make sure I'm sharing information that is valuable. So I invite you to let me know how I'm doing and share the podcast with a friend. Until next time, stay rooted in Christ and overflow with gratitude.